Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey everybody, my name is Cameron lemons Welcome back to Inside the Forest, presented by 247sports.com. We're doing a little bit of a solo show today. I'm going to be hitting on spring games, spring practice as a whole, and then the bigger part of the the episode will be focusing on basketball and football recruiting. I know you guys have been very very much chomping at the bit to see what's going on, both with the football team, trying to extend um their really good run as well as the basketball team you know who's gonna be playing for the next year i figured having an episode centered on recruiting would be a very poignant at this time 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 of year uh, without further ado let's get into it uh, let's start with it with spring game and spring practice um wake forest culminated a month of spring practices with the spring game on saturday um i think i can say without doubt wake forest won I don't think Wake Forest lost. Uh, no one got hurt. That is the biggest thing. I will have a little bit of a note here. This is someone that does not believe that there can be much gleaned from a spring game. I do think the the low, the super, super lows, if there are any, would be some to glean, or if there is something just astronomically that good can be taken away from it. But ultimately... It's one of 15 practices. And, you know, especially with the death issues that Wake was dealing with at times, some things look a lot better and some things might look a lot worse. But, you know, there's some there's some guys that really made their way and they got their stock, rose their stock, and there's some that definitely dropped their stock. So let's see who, who, who did what. Underneath stock up, first off, I have the running back room. I think that room is going to be the best it's been in Dave Clawson's tenure. Uh, while losing Christian Bill Smith is a blow, and I think his past blocking prowess will be missed, Justin Nelson looks so good. He is going to be a menace on the field this year. I know a lot of people were clamoring for him to play more last year. Um, I think he is 1A, and Christian Turner, who's, a, again, a physical specimen and really probably their toughest runner right now, as one B, I think that one two punch is going to be something Wake Forest fans really are enjoying this year. Following them, Quinn Cooley. Um, everything I hear about Quinn Cooley has been that this dude is just different. He, when he hits someone, it just sounds differently than anyone else. Like, why had his, I had a source tell me that exactly how the, it's different when he hits someone, it sounds different than when Christian hits someone. It sounded different than when. Kenneth Walker III had someone. It's just different. He's going to be a difference maker. Biggest thing with them is can he stay healthy? I mean, he's made it the last since middle of this the last year, the last season, being healthy. He's, his leg isn't killing him anymore. His elbow isn't giving him any problems. If he can stay healthy and stay the course, he is going to really be a big impact back for this for this team. A little little note, Will Towns. I know he didn't get a whole lot of run. Um, Jersey kind of indicated they were maybe taking some things easy with them after this spring. 
Uh, he looks good in pass protection from what I saw. I got to see a little bit of spring camp myself. Um, yeah, he looks good in pass protection. Uh, he he can hit a home run. He can run. I, I think that room is going to be really good. Um, I don't know if they play necessarily a four or five deep, but, you know, if someone gets nicked up for a game and, you know, it's down the stretch and you don't really think you want to risk them for a bit, I think they they feel just fine. They feel just fine just breaking some glass right there. A note about a future guy in the room, Damon Claiborne. I know I've been someone that has been like, well, I don't really see him playing early. Um, I think he'll play his four games. I still believe he'll play. They'll limit him to four games. I don't think they want to burn that shirt just yet. But I have heard that he, if he, he had his official visit a couple weeks ago. Um, so he actually didn't take his official visit at all during his recruitment um, to Wake Forest. He, so he brought him in for an official visit just because, you know, get the whole experience, um, get the parents down there. We'll see that. The people that, were around him um, just on campus have said that he he looked physically just ready like he they were a bit everyone was a bit shocked at how physically developed he was um, and the word that I got from talking to a few sources over the weekend was you know if he can really learn how to block and you know it's, it's different learning how to block in high school than it is in college especially in the system if he can learn how to block, he will factor in. He will, he will be a factor. You can only split reps so, so many ways, but he's got everything you want. It's just a matter of, you know, how fast does he pick up a playbook? How fast does he learn to block? So that'll be, he's, I know it's easy to say the four-star guy is really going to be someone to watch for, but I, mean, I don't, no one expected him to look the way he looks right now. And he still has a little bit to go before he gets in the, into a college strength training program. So we'll keep an eye on him. Moving on to Horatio Fields. The first six, seven practices of Horatio Fields last year was just terrible. He, he dropped essentially everything that came his way. It was at a point that he was like, well, there's just this guy i guess they probably overvalued a bit in the spring signing period which does happen a lot when you get to the spring signing period and especially now with early signing day and say hey there's this guy that um we're really looking at you know we've really identified a need after our season we really want to see um we're going to bring one more guy in whether and it's not does not be a portal guy you know some some people really blow up and guys that maybe shouldn't be playing in that level get some offers and get brought in. And sometimes are the, the first ones to be shipped out. Um, that's what it looked like for Horatio Fields. But since practice seven of or eight of uh, fall camp last year, he's just looked good. <laughs> um, I guess it was freshman jitters. I don't know what it is. Um, and they obviously weren't going to burn a shirt on him last year, even with Donnie out. Jamal Banks is ahead of him. Uh, you couldn't take a, Keyshawn or I mean he's an outside guy but you you couldn't put him in the slot and cross train him there with Keyshawn looking the way he did and Taylor Marin and Corey Roberson and A.T. Perry you couldn't you there was no reason to sit there and play him um but he looked good he looked really really good all like all spring and he looked really good on Saturday 
I'm really, I was very high on him coming out of um, his recruitment. I thought he was someone that was undervalued given of where he went to high school. New Manchester isn't a, isn't exactly a place that people are familiar with. Um, I'll be quite honest before it's a newer high school out in Douglasville, Georgia, really before a year ago, I couldn't have told you where it was. Um, and so it definitely, it definitely looks like one that they maybe got a steal with. Um, I know UNC was involved with him for, um, for a bit. They don't know if, I don't know if they pulled an offer on but they were involved, but regardless, he, he's looked to, to be a lot, a lot better. Um, I think there's going to be a guy that they look at in the fall and say, all right, what can you do for us here when we put you up against the ones? Can you, can you do the same things you were doing during spring? If you can do that, there's a direct path, even with Donovan Greenback, there's a direct path to him playing good, good snaps in the fall. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on A.T. Perry. He's good. He got better. Uh, the biggest, the biggest thing for him was route running. Uh, we all knew what he, what he could do on just stretching the field. We all knew what he could do just going up and just going vertical. Uh, he, been learning a lot more of just finding the holes in the zone and that's been really really impressive to see him see him do that uh he he's going to take his game to the next level next year i don't think i need to spend two minutes on at perry though uh starting linebackers so i know the, the linebacker core is something that is very not liked by the fan base let's say that um and you I mean for good reason. I mean, no one has really taken that next step that we saw a Justin Chernod do before he got drafted. Chaz Jones and Ryan Smenda have are are doing are doing that step. And you know, I want to see them in the fall. They are taking that step. While the death is a bit of an issue, and we'll get to that in a little bit, those two guys look insanely good. And there's a reason they were voted captains. It's not just because of their leadership. Those guys, those guys have elevated their play so much. It, it is, it is night and day what has happened to them with the actual linebackers coach, and that's no disrespect to Greg Jones um, or Brad Sherrod. Like they got a linebackers coach in there, and he's he's turned some lights on there. Cornerback room looks good. Um, am I a corner and safety apologist? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I promise. I hope I try to be not, but quarterbacks look good. Uh, Gavin and Kalen were matched up with, with AT pretty much every practice. And, you know, you don't expect AT to win every battle. You don't want him to win every battle. You don't want Kalen and, um, and Gavin to win every battle. And it was a good 50-50 between the corners and, and AT all spring. We saw in the spring game, Kalen Carson did a very good job on AT. Um, those two, especially after their injuries last year, you, you wonder a little bit of how they look. They look good. More importantly, guys like Isaiah Wingfield and Deshaun Jones look playable. Uh, last year, Isaiah Wingfield, when he was on the field, it was a white flag. That's pretty much what it was in a nice way. They'd rather play Zion Keith, who's now in the portal and will now at App State, over the Harvard transfer. They'd rather play J.J. Roberts there. They were playing Kobe, Kobe Davis there before his injury. 
they would they were saying we would rather play three other safeties than play Wingfield at corner, and that's not the case anymore. I mean, it it was a lot of it was because of an injury, um, and that wasn't really spoken about. Um, he had one had some surgery in the off season and never really thought he was the same person. And now he's after a month off, he really looks like he's been recovered and it's good. It's good to hear. It's good to see Sean Jones, the second year corner out of Maryland. Um, he's definitely a little bit, still a little bit raw, um, but the farther away you are from the ball, the easier it is to play. Um, he had a good, get a good camp. Uh, there was, he had some moments against you know, the first string corners. But I think the biggest thing is the fact that he feels like he's playable. You, you now go into the summer and the fall saying, okay, you know, we have three, maybe four guys that we're comfortable with. You know, if one of a Jamari Glasker or an Andre Hodge or Jamari Stevens in all three corners, they signed in the uh, previous recruiting class, come in in the fall and say, and give them anything. Rakes had a, had great luck with younger guys stepping stepping into roles and being useful in the secondary if one of those guys can come in and, and give you good reps like they have the last three four years then suddenly you feel a lot better about it. you feel really good about it right now but you feel a lot better about it with that uh, lastly the stack up the, the pass rush uh they look good um and that's without rondell bothray Without their, without their best pass rusher, without their best player, the defensive line looked really good. And, you know, part of that's definitely there's some younger guys on the offensive line this year, um, especially with Michael Jergens being out for the spring. He, had, he cleaned up an injury that he had uh, during the season. Good for him. He didn't even play that many reps anyways. He just needs to get healthy. Um, so yeah, that part of it was who they're missing. But, but again, guys got banged up on the DL too. And, you know, day in and day out, they were getting to the quarterback. They, they were good. Really pleased with that. Stock down. Uh, death at linebacker and defensive back. My defensive back, really at safety. I understand that. I'm going to go on a tangent for a second. I am very happy to see what Billy Edwards did. And a guy like Michael Kern did. And, you know, Mitch wasn't the best. After Sam Hartman left the field and the ones leave the field, the secondary was playing with walk-ons. And I know walk-ons are people too. Shout out Jackson Hensley. Shout out Nick Anderson. You know, walk-on Justin Barty. You know, walk-ons are are good, are good people and, and can be and can be useful. But when you're down so many people and you're and you're playing them by force, not by choice, it you can't really glean much from it. Like Look at the linebacking room, and Zach Ranson was in a red jersey on, on Saturday. Dylan Hazen took a knee to the sternum and got the wind knocked out of him for, for a few plays. Uh, they lost Josh Sosanya to medical disqualification. They lost Chase Monroe to the, to the transfer portal. That's four linebackers that are either banged up or just not available anymore in a room that was already razor thin at linebacker. You look at the safety position. You had Evan Slocum get injured, um, and he'll be he'll be back for fall. But you had him get injured. You had Kobe Davis working his way back from an injury. He played, so we're good. We're good there. But you had 
Evan Slocum out, you have Malik Mustafa dealing with an ACL injury. And while he might be back, and I keep hearing he'll be back a lot sooner than we think. And by a lot sooner than we think, I think they mean think he'll be ready for fall camp. You're missing Slocum. You're missing Mustafa. Like, you lost Nasir Greer to the NFL draft. You had four players between five, Kobe Davis, Chandler Garns, A.J. Williams, J.J. Roberts, Nick Anderson. You got five safeties when you like rolling three out. That that's not that that's not sustainable. So when you're going to the second unit, you're playing a bunch of second team people, and those second team people are your walk-ons. And then when you throw in your third units, you have the guys worst like the worst walk-ons. Like that's how that happens. And so it's not taking away anything from a Des Williams or Billy Edwards to be like, hey, I want to see what those guys do against not walk-ons. But I mean, if you're playing the third strings and your second strings are walk-ons, how bad do you think your third strings are? And that's just because they're they're missing bodies. And you know, you you think when when fall camp rolls around, you'll, you'll have some of these guys back, and that's that's important. Um, you got to get you got to get get a safety in the portal, no matter what. Though I think um, I don't think you can go in there with these guys and say we're ready. I mean, if if one of Malik Mustafa or Evan Slocum's injuries take a bit, and I mean Malik was dealing with an ACL and we all know how wake safeties and ACLs turn out right now. It's not fun. You need, you need, you need a guy in the portal for, for there. And same thing with linebacker. I think you need it. You need someone in the portal from there. Kicking. And I have a little sad mark next to it. Um, I didn't think the kicking was bad. Um, there was a missed field goal by uh, Zach Murphy. Um, but overall, um, I really, I think the this kicking battle is going to extend into fall as we all kind of assumed it was going to, but I think the peace of mind that we had with Nick Skiba is gone. And I think that's something that we very much took for granted. Um, I think we very much took for granted. Oh, it's, you know, it's 48 in Skiba's got us. It's fine. And I think until either Matthew Dennis or Zach Murphy can prove they can be a consistent guy, there you you have a, a bit of worry, and I still have a bit of worry there. Um, we'll see how it, what happens in fall camp, but I'm a little – you, you can't just lose an all ACC caliber guy and think you're going to get better right there. Um, there's going to be holes. Dave Lawson said as much. Uh, so, but, I mean, uh, you get a little worried, you know. Last one, Sam Hartman coming back. Um, there is apparently some sort of confusion or – some sort of surprise and Sam Hartman alluded to on the AC network broadcast that this was his last year. Um, Sam Hartman's made it pretty clear. He's always made it pretty clear. This is his last year. There's no NIL deal that can bring him back. There's no sort of, I, I think anything short of a catastrophic injury, knock on all pieces of wood. So I don't wish that on anyone, nor do I think, nor does anyone want that. Regardless of like, it, it would take a mon. It would take something unprecedented for him to come back, and I don't think that should have been a surprise for anyone. He's been here. This will be his fifth year at Wake Forest. Um, his draft stock's only getting higher. I kind of argue he he could have made some money if he came out last year. So happy to see him back this year. He's the the lead, the team leader <laughs> in a few stats. He 
he's done everything he needs to do after this year. Um, it'll be fine. Um, next year will be the year for the quarterback battle, but no one should be surprised that he's very much a, I want to, this, this, this to be my last year. I mean, the kid, the kid's pushing 23 at this point. He's old. <laughs> no one wants to stay in college forever. And the older you are, no matter if you think, oh, the, all the things of, oh, he needs one more season to really pad his stats and show the, show the scouts that he's NFL level. No, age hurts you. Age hurts you a lot when it comes to, when it comes to the, the draft. And we kind of see it with Luigi Villane. Um, until his pro day, his age was something that was being held against him. But I, I, he'll be fine. Um, we'll, we'll miss him after this year. We're hoping that it will be a very good year from him. And I think we all think it'll be a very good year from here. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a quick break. Uh, right now, you can hear a word from our sponsors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, bringing back the Wake Forest Roundup. I want to talk about some other sports that aren't football or basketball. Um, see what they did this week or this weekend. Uh, I have to start with the women's golf team, ACC champions. Um, it was a bit touch and go there. Uh, they entered the turn down three matches to one with a tie and up, and up one match. That was a little bit scary. Um, but the women pulled it out. Rachel Kuhn. Um, Walsh, they Walsh had an eagle to win basically. Um, I think it was what 55 yards. Um, they did well. They, I, we, you have to celebrate it in an AC championship game. They beat uh, Florida State in that. Florida State was playing extremely well, but they found a way to win and they did. Uh, we'll find out what their fate is on April 27th. Um, that's when the Division One women's golf selection show will air. Um, 5 p.m. I believe in the golf channel. They'll find out which regional location they'll be heading to um, for May 9th through the 11th. Uh, moving to women's tennis, uh, 2-0 this weekend. They swept Notre Dame 7-0 on Friday. Beautiful day if you didn't go out there. Um, beat Louisville 5-2 on Sunday. Uh, the AC tournament starts on, I believe it is Thursday. Um, they get Syracuse um, after they get a first round bye. Um, should win that. And if they do end up winning that, then they'll get to play Duke um, in the next round. They you remember they had a really, really tough loss against Duke a couple weeks ago, dropped it for three. If they can figure out a way to win a doubles point there um, and play as well as they did, then uh, they could, they could, they can pull an upset. I'm not going to know if I'll pick it, but they're set up. Well, they're like I said, they're a team that no one really wants to face. Um, and if, now the Cassie Wooden's back, they'll be good. I think they're obviously going to make the NCAA tournament, and I think they're going to end up being a two-seed that no one really wants to face. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, moving on to men's tennis, another successful weekend for them. Uh, they went 4-0 and this weekend, taking down number 18 North Carolina 4-1. to 
they took down Pfeiffer seven to nothing on Friday and in the second half doubleheader. Um, in the second half doubleheader on Sunday, took down in, in NC Wesleyan five nothing. Then, but before that was they play, were playing Duke, number nineteen Duke. This one was I don't know what they were doing with the lineup. Also, I think believe I saw Floppy Maroney in a wrist brace that kind of stinks. But they they kind of messed around and almost lost that one in a match they really had no business losing. Um, good old Ray, Razar Kungu, um, usually the hero. Brought it back after dropping the second set, 6-1, 1-6-4. In the third, in the third set, um, really kind of saved them because things were getting a little bit hairy across the rest of the um, – across the way and one singles. Um, Nava brought it back and won the second set in tiebreak, 7-2. Um, but it did, I don't know if you really wanted him playing the lineup against Garrett Johns, who's a really good player in the third set. Uh, happy that they pulled that one out in the way they did. Um, turning to the baseball, a frustrating, frustrating week. Um, beat UNCG, dropped two out of three to Clemson. Really cannot be losing to Clemson in baseball this year. They're, you're a better team than them. Just and one, your one win was needed a walk off home run. Rock off was sick. Boy, I can't do that. You, you, you can't do that. Um, yeah, so it was up and down, up and down week. I mean, obviously the weekend was outside of baseball was as good as you could have really imagined. I'm glad the weather held strong. Um, I had to leave on Friday and I heard the weather was supposed to be bad on Saturday. I'm glad it held up a little bit. Um, so good there. Now we turn the page to recruiting my favorite subject. So I'm going to start with football because it's the one with the more information that we have. Dave Cohen deserves all of the raises, not some of the raises, all of the raises. Give it to him. Um, so if you haven't been following the last week and a half, Wake Forest has landed not one, not two, not three, not four, but five recruit or five commitments in the class 2023 class, uh, that brings them up to six overall. Uh, all six of them are on the offensive or defensive line. Uh, two on the offensive line, four on the uh, two on the offensive line, four on the defensive line. Uh, they got George Stee, um, swing offensive lineman out of Tennessee, rated as an 84 and mid three star on according to 24 seven sports. Uh, Chris Marable, a very large defensive tackle out of Hilton Head, South Carolina, um, ha- held offers from Virginia Tech. Florida State, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, App State, just destroys people. He's he's a monstrous guy. Uh, Sam Williams, I, he's kind of a hybrid defensive tackle, defensive end. I think he's going to probably grow into being a defensive tackle at the next next level uh, from Callaway in Georgia, high school in Georgia. Uh, chose Wake over offers from Colorado, Georgia Tech, Stanford, Indiana, West Virginia. Devin McRae from McRae, Georgia. Uh, it's a tiny town down near Brunswick-ish in southern Georgia. Uh, he's in, in he, while I think he's not as refined as you want an offensive lineman to be to come out um, that fat, that far. He's an insanely athletic guy. Um, he'll probably slot into being a guard, maybe a center, depending on, you know, how the rest of the recruiting class sign, um, fills out, but he's going to be an athletic interior offensive lineman. 
Uh, he chose Wake over offers from Arkansas, Duke, Georgia State, and Memphis. And last and certainly not least, on Easter Sunday, commit from stand-up rusher Tyler Walton out of North Gwinnett High School in Georgia. Arguably one of my favorite prospects in the cycle that Wake's been recruiting. Uh, he comes in at an 87 ranking, which is a high three-star, according to 24-7 Sports. Um, had an offer list that included offers from Boston College, Duke, Memphis, Vanderbilt, West Virginia. Um, had a lot of interest from a lot of our schools. Took a visit to Georgia. Um, took a couple visits to Georgia. He's a he's a high high academic um, kid. Really, really, really smart. Uh, he he plays at one of the highest levels of classifications in Georgia and one of the toughest regions in Georgia. And man, this, this kid just destroyed. He, he has a motor. It just doesn't stop. He just keeps going. He keeps going and keeps going. Um, and one of the highest classifications, yeah, Nerf Gwinnett went six and six, uh, 47 tackles, 17 for a loss, eight sacks, uh, 18 QB hurries, four pass breakups, three fumble recoveries all over the field. This dude did it all. He is he is an in, insane addition to this, to this recruiting class. I'm really happy to see that. You know, with that, you go, where do they go next? Um, I mean, you kind of see where it go, where it happens. Uh, on defensive line, I think they're only going to take one more, um, which is a good and bad thing. Bad thing because there's a lot of talented people on the list. Uh, Carrington Lee um, from Florida, Jay Brown Harvey, a four-star rusher, edge rusher from the state of North Carolina, Tyler Thompson, another high three-star from North Carolina, Smodge Turner, hometown kid from Reagan um, High School, um, Devin Houston, the brother of Caleb Houston, about the Michigan basketball player, uh, high four-star, Isaiah Shirley, a high three-star out of North Carolina, um, Armel Mookum, um, a, um, a currently unrated, but a really good prospect out of on Woodbury Forest in Virginia. They have so many really, really, really good options here, but they're only going to take one more spot. So that's bad. The good part is no matter who that last spot is, is going to be an insanely talented person. Dave Cohen has done a very good job there. Um, and while, you know, on the high school ranks, they've done well, I alluded to the fact that they needed a, a portal guy, and I think they get one. Um, maybe it's this week, maybe it's next week, but they're going to – I think there's going to be some movement there sooner rather than later. They they know, they know have, at least to my numbers, three spots. Um, I think you need to take one linebacker, one safety, and then you kind of figure it out. Linebacker's a bit dearth, but there's some guys in there that are some good options yet, um, good options now. So maybe so they can – they've been in the mix with some. Same with safety. Um, there's been some guys that they've reached out to and they've talked to. Um, and I think sooner versus later, we hear some noise there. And I think we'll be happy about that. I think they just need some depth. I think, I think they need some quality depth there. Um, I, this is going to be a staff that really knows what they are missing, and they're going to go out and get it. Um, but remember, it's also April 18th. A lot of people are going to be entering the portal soon. Um, people are already starting to enter the portal soon. Uh, as a reminder, you have to enter the portal by May 1st in order to be eligible for the fall. If you don't think you anywhere, you got to be in the portal by May 1st. And with spring camps fit, um, ending and guys finishing up their classes at their relative at their old schools, you know, the next couple of weeks are going to be a bit of a second wave of 
getting people in um, the portal. And I think Wiggs is going to be involved pretty heavily, just like they were last year. So we'll keep an eye out for there. Turning the page to basketball. Uh, there was a firestorm about Jake Laravia's age. Um, and, you know, I didn't think it'd be that much of a discrepancy. Um, just as a heads up, uh, Jake Laravia is not 22 years old or not turning 22 years old on draft night. He's going to be 20. Um, if you're a fan of him going to the NBA and helping Wake, Wake recruiting by saying, hey, we got, the, we got two guys in, um, drafted this year, helps his case a lot. Uh, a big knock on him was his age, but if you realize that he's actually 20 years old, uh, that age concern goes away, and you, and a lot of you start liking a lot of his stuff a lot more. Um, if you're a fan of him coming back next year, not the best of signs. Um, he did sign with an agent, but with the new rules, you can sign with an agent and still say eligible as long as they are an NCAA certified agent. Uh, the person he didn't sign with is an NCAA certified agent, so. Uh, it's not really an indication of one way or another. Um, I do think we'll see a lot more press about Laravia in the next few days. That is what agents are for, to kind of put your name out there. Um, so I wouldn't be necessarily too worried if you see his name pop up more and more, but it is going to pop up more and more, and guys are really going to want to see what he looks like at the Combine. Turning the page to Dallas Walden. Dallas Walden will not be returning next year. Um, that was the one that I think pretty much everyone expected same kind of argument we have with Sam Hartman. He's he's getting up there in age. He really just I, I'm I'm happy for him. He go get your money. Um, I think he's a decent loss depending on the, the because he had um he did a lot of a lot of the garbage garbage work. Um, but I think Wick will be able to replace him in the in the portal. And I'm, I know everyone's replaceable way, like he's a very good player, but I think Wake Wake will be fine replacing him. Who will replace these guys, whether they or they're, you know, a Laravia or Mishis come back? Um, we finally have heard a little bit of movement in the portal. Uh, where do I start? Uh, I think the first place you have to start is with Jameer Young, uh, point guard, recently dropped 27 points on, on Wake Forest this season. Uh, UNCC's basketball. Uh, was was a really was a really not fantastic team, but Jameer Young was a very right spot there. Um, he's currently crystal ball to Maryland, and he's from Highsville, Maryland. In case you didn't know that, um, but I don't know if it's as all said and done as people say it is. He could very much end up in Maryland, and I don't want to discount that at all. But I want to think, say a, a very big thing right now is. You know, he's still taking visits, and that's what you want. Um, you really, if you're a Wake Forest person, the more the more visits he takes, the better of a chance you have. One thing with recruiting, with transfer recruiting, that I think people need to realize is no one is a lock until they show up to class. We've seen it in football so many times. You do not sign papers if you are a transfer. I'll repeat that. You do not sign papers if you are a transfer. We saw Dylan Gabriel announce the quarterback from UCF, announce he was attending UCLA, had the edits out, everything, 
was scheduled to be at UCLA in Los Angeles at in in his in his what 9:30 a.m. class and then poof gone the next day sign goes to goes to Oklahoma is now at now enrolled in Oklahoma no one is a done deal until they show up to campus we had that worry with Malik Mustafa with Louisville where it was you know like I said he's not bound by anything so he could he could go to Louisville um, and you know it was uh, nope Malik show up to class today he's good it's a wild, wild west. Um, you know, the NCAA really needs to, I, there needs to be some sort of process there of figuring out what's the best way to handle some of these things, whether from both a date perspective and also, a, you know, maybe not have it so where someone can just commit and just randomly show up at a different school. Kind of weird, but yeah. And you still want people taking visits, you know, so a lot of these guys maybe weren't recruited super highly when they first came out of out of school and they're going to want to take their visits um they're going to want to go through the process the longer they go through the process the more likely they are to go somewhere else uh wake will have them in on friday for for an official visit um i think he's someone that's on the top of the board for for the team and i really i mean while we haven't had many of those names it's really hard it's really easy to see the fit there um, so we'll see how that happens what that happens there uh, one other target that we've seen it is a blast from the absolute past and by absolute past I mean a year ago uh, Brandon Hunt in the outfield Scottville uh, Pennsylvania was a guy that Wake was really in and on until pretty much the end um, I don't they were not while they weren't a, top, a final two they were in his final five um, ended up going to Tennessee, played uh, played some at Tennessee, um, wasn't necessarily buried on the bench, but definitely had to scrap for his minutes a bit. Um, he played he played fine for a freshman. I mean, he was someone that reclassified. Um, he had some turnover issues as a starter, um, but I mean, he's also uh, um, as a freshman, and you don't really expect freshmen to be, you don't expect freshmen of any point to be good during the season. I want that to be very, very, very ingrained in people's minds. Just because they're highly rated, freshmen are generally bad. Just as first-year players in the NBA and the NFL are bad, freshmen are bad. It's a different game. And now you have a freshman that's reclassifying, you, it's, it's fine. Um, I, mean, he was, I mean, he played well in his, in his minutes. Um, I think he'd be, especially someone you don't have to worry about credits getting in. You know, he's already familiar to the staff um so it's not like he has to remake some some new uh doesn't have to reinvent the wheel in terms of creating these relationships uh he'll be visiting april 25th to the 27th for his special visit uh other schools slated to get visits are auburn louisville smu and arizona state so another top five position for wake right now uh we'll see what happens there i would have to believe that auburn is the front runner but the biggest thing there has been they are recruiting also Johnny Broom um, from Moorhead State on one of the top targets on the market. While there's been some conflicting information out there, and I can only report from what I have heard, from what I've heard is that it is an either-or situation in terms of Broom and Huntfield, and Broom is the priority. 
I don't think anyone would would argue with the fact that they are prioritizing Broome. He's one of the best players in the portal. Go for it. Um, but you know, I don't. I I think there is a scenario where they take both, and you know, some like Caldwell transfers out there. But I think right now that they're prioritizing landing Broome and seeing how things go from there. Um, there's been some some nuggets on boards saying, you know, I've heard there's going to be some big news here and there, et cetera, et cetera. I'm I'm not exactly. I don't I don't like rumors. Um, one thing about me is I don't like reporting anything, throwing any nuggets on a on a board, et cetera, without double triple checking them. You guys don't want unfounded rumors and me to lead you down some sort of message poured portal mess where I say someone's going to commit or sign with this team. And three days later, they end up going back to their original team. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm someone that is, I want to double, triple, quadruple check things. Um, I, I don't know about any big news this week. Um, I think there'll be more information this week, but I don't know about exactly big news. Um, if there is, Kudos. Um, a guy that I that stares me in the face is Jao Ituka from Marist. Uh, he was the MAAC freshman of the year. Dude, in 22 minutes a game, 15 points, three rebounds, one and a half assists, shot 52% from the field. Not really understanding why he isn't someone that more schools are talking about. He was electric at Maris last year. Uh, made the all freshman team, made the all MAC team. Shot 41% from three. His free throw percentage is a little garbage, 76%. But I mean, shooting 34%, you think he will get that up? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know why this dude isn't one of the top prospects in the portal. Maybe it's something that, you know, some teams want to keep on the low. Uh, I mean, I remember, especially in the international way, Cam Hildreth ended up with off of like final five, like Georgia Tech and Xavier were in there. And it's like, wait, 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 when Xavier start getting into this stuff? Um, I don't know. We'll see. But he's a guy I've been keeping an eye on. Uh, I don't know if he's a guy that I should be keeping an eye on, but he's a guy I am keeping an eye on. I've heard some things around him. Um, that's one rumor I'm comfortable sharing um but we'll see um i also don't think there is a reason to kind of freak out especially if one or two of these targets don't end up at wake and the portal is what it is there are good people coming out left and right um i am a hundred percent confident that steve forbes knows what he's doing in the portal like it is I, I get worries. I get I get being worried sometimes about the recruiting strategy, given, you know, they this past year, they did, in fact, only sign one high school recruit in Zach Keller. Um, my biggest kind of pushback to that is in the I, I get there's some like, well, you know, they won't they they only signed one guy. But I mean, you look at the year before that, I mean, Carter reclassed. But I mean, in the year before that, they signed five freshmen. They signed Carter, they signed Cam Hildreth, they signed Robert McRae, Lucas Taylor, and Matthew Marsh. So it's not like they've 
haven't had success recruiting freshmen at all, this class was just never going to be a big freshman class, regardless of who stays or who left from um, Dallas Wall and Laravia and Zeke. This wasn't going to be a big freshman class. I mean, that doesn't help the team next year to have a big freshman class. It doesn't help anyone to say, hey, you know, we got Lucas Taylor and Matthew Marsh and McCray and Hildreth and Monsanto. You know, let's get a bunch of young guys ahead of them. Well, I'm big fans. I'm, I'm a fan of Hildreth, McCray, Lucas Taylor, Marsh, Monsanto. I don't think any of us think that they're the kind of guys that are going to be starters next year. I don't think, except for the, the exception of Monsanto, I think those are guys who are like, okay, well, cool, let's see what they what they do next year. Those guys should be able to add value to the team next year. But starter quality minutes, I don't know if that's necessarily what we would see out of them. What they need in the portal are starter quality minutes. What they need from anyone they bring in are starter qualities. And back to the point I just made earlier, freshmen are usually bad. Freshmen are usually really bad. So regardless, they were going to, even though they, you know, they kind of missed on, on mints and I think things kind of cool there just kind of as a whole from every, from both sides. It, it wasn't like mints was going to come in and start next year. That's kind of the big thing for me. And so I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. It's fine with me. I think you need to hit the portal. And I think there's a lot of guys out there. There are over a thousand players in the transfer portal. Think about how wild that is. Just for example, there are over a thousand players in the transfer portal. And I there's there's good enough people in there that that are gonna be starter qualities. I don't I remember when we were all talking about Alondis Williams. Um, and you know, he wasn't a starter at Oklahoma. We were a bit like, oh, I don't know what's happening here, what's going on here, but AC player of the year. Uh, now, can you count that for every portal entrance? No, I think there's some time. You're going to miss sometimes. I don't know if, every, if any staff at 100% hit rate, they wouldn't be coaching. Um, I, now, there are definitely guys that are uh, – I, I don't know if they deserve all of leeway the staff does, but I think that is our, a fair amount of leeway. Um, and the same way when we see someone that Wake Forest football gets in the portal – Saw it like Luigi Villain didn't play at all at Michigan, minus a few snaps. Was a top five sack, sack guy in the ACC. Probably is getting drafted. We saw under the radar prospects with them in terms of like Kalen Carson and Taylor Marin and Nancy Perry. Like that's what you kind of do at Wake Forest. You you get these guys that you're like, I'm going to out evaluate you. And Steve Forbes is Steve Forbes is one at every level. He knows how to win. And you know how you know how you know how to win, you know how to recruit. And I think that's and I think he's he'll be fine there. Um, I know it's been annoying, it's been quiet. I am pretty confident they will they'll be fine. I think we'll have some more information by the end of the week, and I think that'll make people feel a fair amount better. I'll say that. Thank you all for listening to this. Uh gotten this point in the podcast. Leave us five stars. But if they're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else, do some reviews. Always happy to fix things. I think let me know how things are going. Thank you guys so, so, so much for listening to this. And I'll catch you guys next week. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is
there anyone stronger? No. Tougher. No. Funnier. I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!